Again, Row One Sports podcast. He's uh, episode three now, and uh, we got a pretty special guest today, Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants, and um, the man who doesn't need an introduction, but if he wants to give us a little bit about himself, that'd be awesome. What's going on, fellas? Glad to uh, jump on, especially uh, this is. I mean, I haven't really talked to anyone since the Fan Fest besides Justin, so it's good to talk to you guys. Um, Thanks for yeah, being here. Well, Bobby Skinner, Talking Giants podcast. It's then the title is pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> we just uh, we just talk a ton of Giants, and now it was finally it was good this week to be able to talk about a game where it's like, oh, let's talk about that player in the third quarter. So even if it was preseason, it was fun to talk about uh, an actual game and not you know talking about beat reporters' tweets. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. We've been longtime fans of your your Twitter and your Instagram, and obviously very happy to have you on today. Jesse and I have been running this podcast for two seasons now, two long seasons of not a lot of success, unfortunately, from our team that we love so much. But I remember you guys started like right around the same time as as us too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I I remember you guys like your like first episode. So that's uh, it's cool to see you guys still doing it. Yeah, I mean, we're trying. We, we, no, love we're, this team. we love this team. We're just trying to figure out some things that we could do as fans or some inputs or opinions to, to get the fan base on the right track so we could start winning some games. So that's why we got you on. And um, obviously your tweets are – you're a Giant fan. We're Giant fans too. We're a little biased at times, as Jesse and I would like to admit. Not me. I try to stay on the objective side. I keep telling you this. And, Bobby, you're going to hear that today. I'm telling you, man. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear some objective fandom coming at you today. For sure. I'm objective like 90% of the time, but like – or I at least try to be. But like 10 is hard of me is like, Clayton Thorson, I hate you. Like, like that, <laughs> that's like the 10% that Horrible. comes out every once in a while. Yeah, he was, he was hard to watch um, on the preseason game. But, I mean, I guess we could get a little bit into what we saw – um, against the Jets, I mean, obviously a lot of our starters weren't playing. 90% of the starters weren't playing. Um, but what did you think? I know it was, it was kind of hard to watch at times, but it was still nice to have our boys back, you know, home game. Um, and let's hear some thoughts. Well, I guess I'll start with the first team O-line since they were like the most important people to actually play. Will Hernandez looks good, which is good. I, I'm worried about Matt Parrott because the sack that he gave up wasn't like a – covered sack it was a very much that is how you beat Matt Parrott's sack and I don't even know the guy who did it you know we faced you know Vaughn Miller and and Bradley Chubb week one so they're definitely seeing that and that was my worry is that I don't know what he's going to be this year you know so um I think that is my biggest takeaway is like I'm I'm, I'm worried about Matt Parrott I'm worried about what Matt Parrott is going to be you know there's a, there's a, there is positives you know Andrew Thomas looked good you know, Will Hernandez look good. You you know, you've wanted to like talk about a guy like Carter Coughlin. But I really yeah. do think when I think about that first preseason game, more than I think about how Carter Coughlin looked, because we already got Blake Martinez at, at the middle. We've got Tay Crowder, Ragland, the guys who are capable. More than anything is 
oh god is is matt parrick gonna be good or not and, and bobby that's kind of what i you know where my objectiveness comes in like I'm worried about the O-line. Like, I'm, I'm very positive about the Giants this season, but the O-line is scary. Let, let's be honest. Like, it's it's not a great unit. It's a young unit. They don't have a ton of chemistry together, which is evident. Um, now, I know you said – I listened to your podcast on the way here, and at least part of it because I didn't have that much time, but I'm happy about Andrew Thomas. I think he looks pretty good. Right. And I, and I know you kind of agree with that. He's, you know, he's athletic. I'm not worried about the number four overall pick. He had some down, he had down games last year, but he played better toward the end of the season. I'm cool with Andrew Thomas. I'm, ha- I'm pretty happy with Nick Gates. And like you said, Will Hernandez looks good. So right now you have three solid guys on the O-line, but the problem is there, there's some gaping holes there, especially at right guard, in my opinion. And if they don't clean that up – I don't see how the Giants are going to be this, you know, successful playoff team or, or at least compete for the playoffs in the NFC East the way this offensive line looks. And that's just my opinion. And I think it was good that Kenny Wiggins was in there with the first team. Yeah. Because so, I think that was a wake-up call to be like, okay, he can't be the first guy off the bench. It's like he's he is just un, he is too slow. He cannot be – like he can't be the first backup. You know, and if, if he was in there with the backups, maybe it gets a little less notice, you know. Or it's like, ah, oh, you know, all the backups aren't that great. But him being in there with them, it's like, okay, if Shane Lemieux or Will Hernandez goes down, who Shane Lemieux is totally unproven, you know, still. No, of course. It's, it's, it's like a – it will be a disaster mode if Kenny Wiggins has to play important reps for the Giants. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that offensive line, and just to kind of chime in here on my opinion, is I was actually pretty high on Kurt coming, you know, drafting him out of UConn. And there's guys that, that you see all around the league, third, fourth round picks that come out to be solid guys. I thought that – his size was great. I think that they loved him from the day that he was drafted. And even last year, when called upon, um, he did his job. And I think it would just be a little too premature right now to hit the panic button after one series because, right. as we know from the Super Bowl teams that we've had, those lines need to mesh over you know, 18, 19 weeks. And then come December, when it's time to run the ball and protect your quarterback for home playoff games, you know that that's when it's most important. So – I also think, like you said, the depth is going to be the issue. They're pretty confident right now with the five guys going into week one. I mean, that's pretty obvious. We didn't really spend too much free agent capital and, and no cap, no draft capital on that offensive line. So it's really going to be about Andrew Thomas coming in and being what we expect him to be, which is a top all pro type player, right? Because right. when you use a top five pick on somebody, you expect him, like Gettleman said, to wear that gold jacket one day. So it's really just going to be about him being the leader of this unit, even though it's only year two, but there's really no excuses for him. And then other guys to just mesh and play off that. I also think that Solder might not have an impact on the field, but I think him being a veteran presence coming back is going to be huge for us. You know, it's a young line and and someone's got to get in there and show them what it's like to be successful. Um, And then just playing off, you know, last year, you're going to have Barkley back. Hopefully his health is not going to be in question. He's going to make that line look better along with the more mobile Jones um, and some more weapons. So I do see it as a weakness, obviously, but like Art Stapleton told me, you know, no team's perfect. Every team has holes and it's just going to be about the game plan week in and week out to, to get the best out of your guys. So yeah, going back to Matt Perry, I'm not panicking either. It's like, and also with that first preseason, you got to remember, it's like these guys haven't went up against someone that wasn't on their team. Right. They don't know. And eight months months, yeah you know um so you know and and like you mentioned with them liking matt like matt parrot can be great like i don't think shane lemieux will ever be a great pass blocker matt parrot could be like matt parrot could be he has all the ability to do it it's just 
I was, it did like, it does worry me a little bit. It's like, okay, how much did this guy grow from year one to year two? Um, but the issues he has were fixable. And then Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas, I do feel good about. Like, I am very confident. If Andrew Thomas plays bad this year, not to say that he might have not have a bad game or, or two, but if you, if you just look at his year as a whole and say it's bad, then I, I would be shocked because I feel, I feel really good about him. Me too. And I'm, I'm, I'm very high on Andrew Thomas, but I just think as a whole, this team, in my opinion, and it's not even about Daniel Jones. I'm not really worried about Daniel Jones. I actually do have some faith in Daniel Jones. Eric and I argue about him, whether he's good, whether he's not so good, or whether he's average. I'm kind of on the train that he's made way too many mental mistakes, but he does have the ability to be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. But if they, the Giants cannot keep him upright, they're, they're not going to compete for a playoff spot. I think the NFC East is going to be a lot better this year. And if the offensive line is, is like it, you know, how it was in the first eight games of the season last year, I don't think the Giants are, are going to be going too far. If it's like the last eight, I think they will. So it really depends on, you know, how well this, this line meshes over the next three weeks or over the next four or five weeks. And, you know, if they could get rolling, get some momentum. Yeah, I don't think anyone's expecting it to be great. Like you said, it's just be good enough. Yeah, you know, average. Like get like let, I mean, look at the offense in 2019. The offensive line wasn't good. Like it was no. not good. It was bad. You know, but they scored points. Now Jones had turnovers and stuff. But we got to trust Jones to fix some of that on his own. So if they can do some similar things to that and with this defense, then they can, they can be good. They can be an okay offense without a good offensive line. You know, like it, yeah. it's not impossible. Now are they going to be? top offense of the league no absolutely not there's zero chance because of the offensive line but uh like they can overcome not great offensive line play I don't but they can't overcome horrible offensive line play like they had last year and, and that kind of comes with you know scheming around knowing that you have a weakness you know good teams try to cover their holes and, and you know that means giving Saquon the ball in space or right. you know you know designing plays where it makes it easier for Jones where he doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes because we know he's not so, I mean, Garrett and Joe Judge and the offense has a lot of work to do in order to make the game easier for him so he doesn't make those, you know, mental mistakes that we've been dealing with and has been costing us games for, you know, two years already. Right. And uh, I guess the offseason plan, knowing that this is going to be a weakness, the way that they schemed it up was, all right, let's go out and sign Kenny Galladay. Let's draft another receiver in the first round, and, and that's how we're going to fill this hole. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad idea. I just think that – you know, Jason Garrett as a play caller is going to have to figure something out week by week to improve this offense vastly because, you know, last year we didn't have the playmakers. Let's be honest. We're, we're yeah. running the ball to Alfred Morris and Dante Pettis. It's, it's, there was no, there was no chance that we were going to succeed. And even for Jones to be in there and just get crushed week in and week out, he was hurt by the end of the season anyway. Um, I think Jason Garrett's going to be maybe one of the most underrated pieces of this team. And, and how is he going to scheme it up to get players open and, you know, guys like Evan Ingram and Kenny Galladay on one-on-one -on -one matchups where they can win and be successful as possible. Yeah, that's, that's it's really, I think what Garrett getting better, it could be the biggest decider of this offense more than the offensive line. Like, like we said, yeah, for the yeah. reasons before, like, don't, don't do what you did last year where you basically coached Daniel Jones afraid of his turnovers. And he admitted that, by the way, too. Like, I remember during minicamp, he said, he's like, you know, my biggest focus was to cut down on the turnovers, which is like, cool, everyone wants less turnovers. But what you did with that is you sacrificed points. And you, we had the second-worst scoring offense in the entire NFL. So, congrats, we turned over the ball less. 
But you know what? I'd rather score some points and trust the guy I drafted six to maybe fix some of that stuff on his own, get better on his own. I'm not going to coach him afraid because he had a bunch of fumbles his rookie season. And the interceptions, like he didn't – he had interceptions as his rookie year, but he wasn't like he was – with. It wasn't if a problem, he, really. Yeah, it was the fumbles. It was when you combine them yeah. together how big that number was. Like it was the fumbles. He had 18 fumbles. It's an insane number. So trust him to get better at that stuff on his, home, his, on his own. Let him get better as a football player. But keep the things that he does well, which was attacking downfield, and they totally took that out. Um, now, he was extremely efficient doing it, but they didn't – like he was – he here's something me and Justin talked about the other day when we were talking about Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones had the best completion percentage in the NFL completing deep balls. But yeah. if you look at how many completions he had, it was only four more than deep catches Kenny Galladay had all of 2019. So Daniel Jones as a quarterback had four more completions than Kenny Galladay did as a wide receiver if you compare – their 2020 versus 2019. That's crazy. Bobby Skinner coming with the stats on the roll. That's Sports a Justin podcast. one. Justin K gave, made me a, a quip for that one. <laughs> Shout out to Justin, man. But yeah. we, appre- we appreciate the stats. We, I we, mean, we love those. Stats aside, though, I mean, just looking at how we're going to try to improve from last year, there was a clear need that, that they think that Daniel Jones is obviously capable of being a great quarterback. He just doesn't have the tools. So what did we do? We go out and sign Kenny Galladay. And we used the first round pick. I know it was supposed to be Devonta Smith. weren't able to get him, so we traded back, got some value. Um, I think that's another argument. If if we should have took the pick, if we should have took an offensive lineman. But anyway, we're here with Tony, and he's going to give us a whole another face of this offense. He's going to be, you know, he could run every route. We could sweep him around. He could take some handoffs, and I just like guys like that. And we haven't had somebody around here really Never. years ever look at and say, you know, how do you how do you stop a guy like this, especially with Someone like Kenny Galladay who could go up and make a catch out of nowhere. Kind of like a Plexiglas. Yeah, they got plenty of weapons to play with, and they are all very different in their own right. Kenny Galladay is totally yeah. different than what Sterling Shepard is. Kadarius Tony is, is totally different from both those guys. And then you have a guy like Saquon in the backfield. Hell, your tight ends are the exact opposite players in Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. Like they have, opposite. And then Darius Slayton is like just kind of like that solid number two guy. So they've got the weapons to overcome a bad off. If, if they can – if Garrett can play to Jones' strengths and Jones can play to what he can be, then the offensive line shouldn't be an excuse for a bad offense. It could be an excuse for them not being the top offense, you know, top offense in the league. But they should, they should not be a bad offense. They're the 19th-ranked offense in 29 in Daniel Jones' rookie year with worse weapons, like with much worse weapons. So there's right. no reason that with better weapons, the same QB, probably a better offensive line to not be at least that. I, I know we were talking about Kadarius briefly, and I just want to touch on him quick. Are you guys concerned at all about him? Not – I'm not – I don't want to say I'm concerned, but it is a little weird, right? I yeah, mean, it's about been, a rookie, a first-round pick. It's weird. I don't know. There's been no one big thing where it's like, look at that. Look at this Kadarius. Yeah. Guy. It's just, just been all these little things, whether like – so like, you know, the cleat thing is like, that's not in his control. And, you know, having to leave minicamp, like, because, you know, I think he's one of Personal the grandparents. Uh, you yeah, know, I think that's so, so you yeah. can't be mad at him for that. Um, no. But then the fact that he's, he's a rapper, like, makes people pile on him a little more. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's clearly sensitive online. You know, he, like, turns yeah, off his replies. He like, back. he's like, he, yeah. I mean, he was on our Instagram, like, arguing with people, like, a, like, a, like a month ago, because we made, we made, a, like, a, a joke about how we liked his new rap song. And then someone on the comments, <laughs> and they, they weren't a fan. And he was, like, arguing <laughs> with that person. So he's clearly sensitive online, but all that goes away if he could just go out there and ball and the team wins. I agree. Yeah. As long but as he's important. not doing anything to hurt the team, you know, if yeah. he's not sabotaging the team, I don't care like 
how weird he is. Like, as long as he can go out there and ball and not and not be like a cancer to the team, like his culture matters, you know. So, it's, you know, and I always look at when we talk about that, it always becomes a hot button issue, especially with a guy like Odell. Odell go look at 2007. That wasn't a team full of saints. Like, I, like culture doesn't mean having a team full of perfect people. And it just means people that are willing to work hard and want to win. You know, yeah. that's really and, and aren't gonna aren't gonna like put themselves above the team. That's all it is. You think that team was full of like perfect people? Right. DeAndre Baker's a little bit in the news because he's been doing good in preseason. And I I'll say this on here, but like I and I know people people got people mad. I was more bothered the fact that he was sleeping in meetings and missing like the Zoom calls in the off season than he was at like this big gambling party. Like that was yeah, that yeah, yeah. that concerned me way more. It's like I don't really care if you're a criminal. And he ended up like getting, but it's like, it's, He's but, a criminal. Sleep, but it's like sleeping in meetings. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like you're supposed to yeah. be here to win. Like, I don't care what you do off the field. As long as you're, when you're there, you're working and not, uh, you know, not, not like tearing down other players. It, I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. I mean, if you're going to be a great football player for the New York giants, once you leave the building on Sundays, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, as long as you're not getting in trouble. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, yeah. At, to this point, Tony's been relatively healthy. I mean, you guys remember Odell. I mean, his rookie season, it took him weeks to get on the field. Yeah. Um, at least now you got a healthy guy. He, he comes to practice. He looks fast. He looks quick. Um, he yeah. looks like he's going to be very productive for us. And as long as he doesn't fall too behind on, you know, getting in touch with Daniel Jones, which I don't think will be a problem. Art Stapleton also told me, you know, they were in North Carolina. They were in Charlotte. They were going all over the country during the offseason to build this chemistry. And you know, that, that comes up to Daniel Jones being a leader of this team and making sure that the guy who comes on there to produce, you know, is on the same page when it comes to week one. It, it doesn't hurt, though, to, to, you know, get him on the field, though. Like, yeah, it's not he like needs K to get on there eventually if he of wants course. to play, you know. Like, like KT, he's – and I'm calling him KT, by the way, because it sounds cool. I don't care what anyone says. Right when he catches his first pass, KT, I don't care. I like it. Says. I hope he changes his number to like 17 or something. Like yeah, KT, I didn't 17. like the 89. How about 13? <laughs> I would be fine with it, honestly. But it would just – I feel like it would bring on so much, much hate towards no, him. No, I don't want it. But but it's not like the guy doesn't need reps. Like, he's a rookie. He doesn't have any, yeah. you know, live game reps since, since Florida. Like, it's a long time ago. So like, Yeah, and he's got someone that's clearly ahead of him at his position in Sterling Shepard, too. So for sure. Although I do think they're going to obviously move him around and get them both on the field at the same time, which is, I think is pretty obvious, but right, still, right. He, he, you know, he is really a slot guy. I think he can play outside too, but still, um, he, he's got to get on the field. So like, as long as he's healthy and I don't know, it was like weird the way he didn't even like warm up. I didn't hear a word about him. Did you guys see that? Like some yeah, of the beat reporters were, I was weird. I don't know. It's, it's that it's like, but that, like you saw him at the, at the fan fest, like, you know, wasn't doing anything crazy, but he was jogging around, like throwing the football into yeah. the stands and stuff like that. So, um, they ha say he has an injury. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I agree. Like, they didn't play many, very, very many people on on Saturday. I'm fine with, but if they're gonna play guys this week, like I want Kadarius Tony to be one of them. You know, absolutely. And Daniel Jones, by the way, not yeah. like he doesn't need the reps either. He's got to play. And I think he's going to play these next two Me games, too. too. Me too. Well, that brings up another point. Obviously, now we're playing with – last year there was no preseason games. This year you have three instead of four. The rest of the league, almost almost the rest of the league said week one of the preseason, we're not going to play our guys. So yeah. how do you think Joe Judge is going to implement these guys and get these reps over the next two weeks? Because, you know, these are important reps for us. It's not like we're the Chiefs or the Bucks. We've got to come out and we need to get on the same page. So what do you think the rest of the preseason is going to look like? I think – well, Judge had said – that 
he's treated this that last preseason game as the last one where they didn't play. You know, the last one they don't play any of their starters. I think this one he'll probably get like the starters a quarter. You know, like the the old school second preseason game, and then the last preseason game for the Patriots. He basically said that he's going to treat that like the the old school third one. Well, I guess it still is the third one. So what's where that? Like the first they, half, like those guys, they're going to play at least the first half. You know, right? Probably like it's it is their dress rehearsal. And then with no fourth preseason game, they have two weeks before the season, so they'll have plenty of rest before the season starts. So, I'm um, excited. I mean, Judge Judge basically said that. So if they don't do that, that would be weird. Where you know he says they're going to play him a a half or whatever, and they don't play. Yeah, I agree. These are important special teams rep for us. Um, um, Special teams, just just offense and defense in general. There's a lot of guys that we need to take a look at. There's a lot of position battles, starters, depth wise, because throughout the course of a 17 game season. Not everybody's going to stay healthy. I mean, the Giants have been cursed by the injury bug for years. So, like I said to Jesse, if we could find one guy that could be an impactful player throughout these next – Carter Coughlin, maybe. I I don't think – I mentioned it earlier. Um, I would like to personally see somebody on the edge. I think that defensively is obviously our strong suit, starting with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence up front and then playing off our two lockdown corners or one lockdown corner and and one very good number two corner in Dory Jackson. Um. But I'd like to see a little bit, you know, maybe a surprise guy that could come and maybe put three or four, five sacks up and be an impactful guy off the edge. Yeah. Why not O'Shane? Yeah, why not? I mean, like it's time, it's, it's yeah. make or break for him, you know. And there's not a, and there's not a lot of competition in that. Like, you know, Z's is the, he's the guy that's gonna be the guy at least. Yeah. Like Lorenzo's coming off an injury. I mean, who else, Who who in that room is stopping O'Shane from being what he's supposed to be? So, like, I would like to see O'Shane, like, learn – like, not learn how to play, but get out there and, and start producing some numbers. It's your third year. Yeah. You're a third-round pick. You know, you were you were talked up. Last year you came as a starter, then you got hurt. Go out there and, and, and get, you know, like you said, those four or five sacks. Not expecting him to be, like, a 10-sack guy. Yeah, no. But he, but he had, like, four sacks his rookie year, so why not go out there and, and you know, replicate that and some? Yeah. Speaking, speaking of the uh, – sorry, let me just uh, – yeah. speaking of the edge, you know, the edge guys – Lorenzo Carter was one of the best players on our defense in the first few weeks of the season. I haven't really – I've heard, a, you know, very little about Lorenzo Carter in camp. I know that he's – you know, he has some rest days here and there, but he recovered pretty quickly from that Achilles injury. Seems like he's pretty healthy for the most part. I think he's – you know, hopefully can get some reps in the coming weeks. But I, he, was, he was one of our best players on, on defense last year. So, I mean, if he's healthy, I think he would be the guy stopping O'Shane from, from potentially – you know, taking that other edge spot. Because I think Aziz, I hope, at least he made a great play, by the way, against Becton. But um, I think he's probably going to be the starting edge guy, right? Would anyone disagree with that? No, I'm pretty sure he will be at this point, too. So yeah, I Lorenzo's think the other side the is open. I, I, yeah. I, I want to see Lorenzo play. It's like, I, I don't Ooh. know if Lorenzo, like, you know, they're taking it easy with him. But he didn't miss, yeah. like, a, like, they start, like, he started camp, like, playing with them, which was good. I know that. Yeah. So he, he should be the favorite over O'Shane. But, Definitely. Like, like he's and he's more versatile, but for me, it's just like oh Shane, you got like pure pass rush ability. Go out there and and use it or lose it. And the Giants don't have the uh, you know the dominant edge guy because at all, so they don't have the Chandler Jones or the JJ Watt. So they have right. to. Oh Shane's going to be on the field. You know, it's not like uh, Lorenzo or Aziz is going to be playing 100 percent of the snaps like these dominant right. edge guys do. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do it by committee like they've done since the yeah. freaking Super Bowl teams or. So that, I mean, that, like you said, that edge rush position is going to be by committee, and it has to be. Defense is two 
corners who are going to be able to match up against anybody in the division, one, yeah. and then anybody in the league. You have two to maybe even three, if Danny Shelton could be what we expect him to be, two really good interior linemen that are going to be able to stuff the run and, you know, put pressure in a quarterback's face. And then three to four solid to very good defensive backs. And nothing's going to go over the top. And that's why the defense was good last year. And I guess for whatever reason, Gettleman hasn't felt the need to invest in the edge position. Um, we brought in Marcus Golden a couple of years ago, was able to put up 10 sacks. Maybe you get a guy like that who could do that. And that's really all we need from a defensive standpoint. I mean, yeah. you could come in off the edge and, and be solid. That's how I see it defensively. Yeah, with everything. I mean, every other position is like stacked besides edge. You yeah. know, like and you look I at our safety. Middle linebacker probably. Right, in uh, terms of depth. Th- middle linebacker too. I, I, besides Blake, really, I think it's very weak. Over there. But, but even then, you got like, like but for like a second inside linebacker, like Reggie Ragland and Take Rat, like, yeah, they're not, that's fine. They're not going to yeah. be like the best linebacker to do in the league. But when you pair anyone with Blake, they're going to look a lot better than they might be, you know? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, and that's what it's about. It's about the Giants never being the top roster in football. There's always going to be holes. But if you're yeah. leaving the coach, starting with Joe Judge, if you're leaving Patrick Graham, the team's going to play as a unit. Like, And that's all you can expect. We, we're not really fortunate enough as Giant fans to just be like, oh, yeah, that's guaranteed to work and we're going to be the best. <laughs> it's always a grind. And guys are going to go down and guys are going to have to step up. And it's really just about, you know, taking that next step as, as our leader and our, our quarterback in Daniel Jones. And if he can't do that, I don't know where, where we're going to turn. I do. We're going to use those two first next year and possibly draft a quarterback, but I don't want to talk, I don't want to talk Bobby, about that. I looked at a 2022 mock draft today, and I felt dirty. It's like, why am I doing this? Really <laughs> yeah, oh, you're a sicko, too. Talking, that's what they were telling me the other day. They're already talking about next year, and I think that's way too premature. I think the team has too much talent. Uh, I'm too optimistic to even consider – a top 10 pick unless it comes from Chicago. How, how, and, how and the expectation is to win this year. Yeah. You know, so if yeah. we're talking about next year, that means that things are being torn down. Like if, if we don't win this year, Dave Gellin has to be fired, no matter if you love him or not. Like it, you can't go four years without winning. So they have and to I, win this year. So and I think that goes to, for Jones too, right, Bob? Like don't you well, if agree? If you bring in a new GM, I doubt he's going to stick with the quarterback, you know. No so, way. No um, way. You know, and, uh, even, if, even if, like, like I look at it as the Jets as a good example. Like, do I think Sam Darnold got a fair chance? No. I think he got, the like, one of the raw steals ever. But I also understand the Jets yeah. moving on and being like, well, it's like, we we got we kind of got to start over. Like, I'm sorry that we did this to you, Mr. Quarterback, but we kind of got to start yeah. over. And I can, I, if the Giants don't win this year, I can see them being in, this, in like, this a very similar spot. And, and I think – And they have more around Jones than the Jets did Darnold, too, so – is, I also think Daniel, that uh, – This is what sorry. I was about Daniel Jones and Dave Gettleman. If the jury comes out this year that Daniel Jones cannot succeed in this offense, at least Gettleman as a GM could say, okay, well, I gave you your weapons. I gave you whatever you need. I gave you the coach. And now I know that's on you. Maybe next yeah. year with these two first-round draft picks, we could get another impact quarterback and still be successful. That's why I really like the two first-round picks next year. As long year, as they bring I, a new coordinator with a new QB. Well, you could guarantee that's going to happen if the offense isn't good this yeah, it's, year. It's all going to be torn down, but you'll know why. You'll, you'll know why. There's no excuses yeah. anymore for this offense. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you last year. Last year we were playing with guys who just weren't as talented as the opposition. It's, it's blatant facts. Yeah. But now you're going to spend all this money. You know, this is year three. You got your coach. You, you think you got your offensive line. Like, it's, it's go time. And it could get very ugly, but I, I don't want even – 
discuss what could happen next year. Yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah, let's yeah. focus we're, on we're winning. We, we're, yeah. this is, we're going to win this year, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Because because those two picks that Gettleman got in the first round, he there's no way that he was thinking, okay, well, if Jones sucks, I, at least I have two because if Jones no, sucks, no doubt. Pick, he knows yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah I agree was 100%. Value that was just a value thing. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And but I, I think indirectly, though, it, it does help the Giants long-term if Jones is not the guy, let's be honest. Like, it gives them firepower to move up into that top five spot and get their guy. If he's not, that's just being, you know, from a realistic standpoint. Right. I mean, this team played played really good football towards the end of last year. There's, there's really – I mean, we went five and three in the last eight. We competed almost every week last year no matter what. And yeah, it's really just come going to come down to, you know, judges' philosophy with the full offseason. The players yeah. are brought in. The players are brought in 100%. Um, I know some of the guys that retired had something to say. Kelvin Benjamin. He, I don't think you can even count Kelvin Benjamin as saying something. It's like he's, he's been saying stuff his entire life. Like, <laughs> that man could have been given, you know, a million-dollar bonus to leave, and he would have said it was somebody else's fault. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was early on. But another guy. Maybe that, they didn't like the food. <laughs> I heard he was the Giants stealing it, food. according to, you know, some beat reporters. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we got, we got a couple minutes. I don't know why Zoom only gives us 40 minutes. But another guy that's an interesting topic that we always touch on is Evan Ingram. Just because, I mean, it's obvious the talent that he has. But a question for you, Bobby, is why doesn't it translate to the field? And, and why does he make so many bonehead mistakes that cost us so many games? Well, I don't know why he drops the ball. It's like, you know, I – I I saw I need to like ask like interview someone who like teaches people how to catch the ball. I'm like, why does this happen to him? Yeah. And why does he not just drop it? Why does he spike it up in the why air? Why does he jump? Why does he jump when he catches the ball? I don't. And get I've it. tried finding out if that makes a difference, but I, I, I'm sure it does. But with Ingram, they tried to like. I know people don't like hate Sherman. I get firing him, but I did like his offense. Sherman used Ingram well. Like, look at 2019 before Ingram got hurt. He was balling out. He was putting up, like, wide receiver one numbers almost. I think he had, like, six, seven touchdowns, too. He he had – let's see. He had I the one long one versus out. Tampa. And he had, he had the one – yeah, so he had, he had three. He had, his rookie year, he Is had six it? or seven. Yeah. Right. You're right. But last year – last year he was – he missed eight games. Or 2019, right. not last year. Um. Like, he was averaging, like, 60-something yards per game. Like, he was balling out, and then he got hurt. You know, yeah. and then he, he, like, never really came back. Um, but then, you know, he's finally healthy, and they use him like he's Jason Witten, and he's just not that, and he's never going to be. So they got to use him vertically yeah. and yeah. horizontally. Like, stop trying to ask him to, like, to be a technical tight end. You know, like, don't use him that way. Stop using him like he's Kyle Rudolph. Use him like he's Vernon Davis. And I think that's why they brought in Kyle Rudolph, right? Because they understand that, you know, he's not the Jason Witten type. And Kyle Rudolph is probably the closest thing to Jason Witten in terms of play style there is. You know, they're going to be a red zone threat, and they're going to be sure-handed with the football. Yeah. Ingram's really not much of a red zone threat, and he's not sure-handed with the football. But he is explosive, and he's fast. And when he, when he catches the ball, he makes big plays. It's just about, you know, his drops are the main issue with him, which has been – you know, yeah, uh, the good thing for Evan thing. Ingram is he literally can't have as bad as the years last year. Like yeah, it's impossible no, no. to have that many turnovers yeah. as a receiver be directly your fault. And yeah, like a he had a couple fumbles in there too. So yeah, there's there's no way he can be bad as last year as long as he's healthy. Yeah. And I think that 
He, I mean, those Even him, if he missed the whole season, it would probably be a little more productive. <laughs> we would have missed the entire last season. We've been in the playoffs because we wouldn't bust up every It's game. not a crazy thing to say, honestly. No, it's, it's really, really not. not. It's a scary. It's a scary thing to say that it's true, but you're right. Sad. I, I think that. Uh, go ahead. I, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have less opportunities this year, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think That's the Giants will have. It's a good thing because Kyle Rudolph. I don't see Evan Ingram playing much in the red zone to be honest, at all, in my opinion. He's not a red zone threat. Like not at all. He's not not a red zone threat at all. No, he's a he's a playmaker when he catches the football. Kyle Rudolph is not really much of a playmaker, but he's sure-handed and he's going to catch whatever's thrown his way. And he's great in the red zone because he knows how to get open like a good tight end should. But Evan Ingram's not going to be playing in the red zone that much, and his snaps are obviously going to be reduced a little bit, which is not a bad thing. He could still be very productive. And you know, if that's the case, maybe he can be a better player if he's playing. 60 or 65 percent of the snaps instead of 75 or 80 percent of the snaps i think that would you know really help the giants out and kind of limit you know his, his mistakes what is uh the timetable on on rudolph and his return i know he hasn't really even been on the field I yet i don't know it almost seems like it's going to be weak like we talked with jordan Renan the other day on the show and he said like he's like week one is not a guarantee right. uh, now good the good thing for rudolph is you don't need him to play a full workload and it's not like he's going to be running, like, you know, go balls or anything. Like he's he doing is. the eight-yard stop. That's eight, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, like the red zone threat. So, he shouldn't take him – and he's a, he's a, you know, he's a pro's pro. So, it shouldn't take him too long yeah. to get acclimated. But I have no clue when he's coming back, you know. So, that's – like, once Saquon came back to practice, like, all eyes for me turned on, like, okay, when's Kyle Rudolph coming back? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, to go back to the Evan Ingram thing, just to kind of cap off that topic – Obviously, a Jerry Reese guy. The team must see something that they like, or else they would have let him walk or, or traded or him. Trade him yeah. value out of him. But I think that they're just putting in their back pocket that if they could put this offense together and have him as someone who could line up outside, inside, and and catch 60, 70 passes like he did last year, it could be dangerous. But I guess the I, uh, we'll still see where what happens with 88. Let, last topic, I, I guess, and you just mentioned it, Bobby, Saquon Barkley. Right. I mean, listen, second overall pick, and you guys know this, I know this. I want everyone to understand that there are no more excuses for Saquon. I understand the injury. He looks freaking healthy. He looks fast. He looks strong. And he looks like he, you know, he loves football again. And it's time that Saquon Barkley steps up and, and you know, is the second overall pick. I mean, like Eric just said, you draft this guy this high, and whether you want to say it's the right pick or the wrong pick, you draft him this high to wear a gold jacket. And it's time for Saquon Barkley to, to step up for another 2,000 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. Or, and if not, the Giants, they, they're going to have some problems in the run game. It's so obvious. So he's got to really dominate like the player he was his rookie season. Yeah, I, would, how do you guys feel about that? He just got to stay healthy. Because if he's yeah. healthy, he's the guy. Like, there's no, like when he's healthy, he is the guy. I mean, look yeah. at last year. You want to know what the Giants' best receiving game from a running back was last year? Week one. And it wasn't like it was like Saquon's best receiving game that he just happened to have in week one. It was like a regular receiving game for Saquon. But it was the best of the entire season for the running backs. Like he is – when he is there, he is the guy. It's just staying healthy. So, um, I mean, he, he makes such a huge – like like in, like in people debate the pick all the time. But there's no debating that he is a difference maker when he's on the field. Big time. I mean, just his presence is going to be so impactful for the entire team. I mean, he was the face of the franchise. You take somebody number two overall, you that's more than just what's, what he's going to do on the field. The guy's got morale. He's definitely got the swag of the team. And just him 
being there. He could go, he could throw him the ball behind the line of scrimmage and he can go for 60 yards. He's going to make an impact. Yeah. Like you said, just being healthy. I think confidently he could almost get to that 2000 yard mark. I, if he plays all the games. I want to see him moving around in the formation, man. I mean, he's this dominant where, and I, you're shaking your head, Bobby, because I think you agree, but like, he has to line up outside and, and, you know, get on these mismatches with these linebackers and these safeties who can't even close to cover him. So that, the Giants need to do a better job of getting him in space and not just throw him the ball four yards behind the line of scrimmage and make him make five guys miss. Try to help him help you. We've seen it a little bit. I think Kadarius Tony helped Saquon out a little bit. Move, Sa- move Tony around before the snap. Get him worrying. It's – I th- and I think that would be a good way to, you know, to finish it all off is that there is a lot of things to do with this offense. If you're creative, if you use these guys the right way, there's a lot of ways to do it. And even if your offensive line isn't good, there's ways to overcome that and make your offense good enough. So you have a guy like like a Saquon, not every other, not every team has that. Kenny Galladay, he's a huge difference maker. Kadarius Tony, if used correctly, like – his skill set doesn't necessarily need a ton of getting ready to the NFL. Like it's just giving the yeah. ball and let him go. So 100%. there's there's definitely a lot of ways they can make this offense look uh, at least fun. Yeah, I spoke to uh, I was speaking to Art before we went into the fan fest. I keep saying he, he gave me so much knowledge, and one thing that he told me was, you know, I asked him about Galladay. Is he going to be healthy? What's the deal with the chemistry? He said. The difference between Galladay and someone like Odell, like Odell came on the practice field and wanted to be the best player on the practice field and, and wow everybody and have these ooh-ah plays. Galladay's not like that. He's six six. Yeah. He's a big body. He's going to go up and make plays on game day no matter what. And that kind of made me feel good because he does have the injury prone. He was a little slowed up last year with the with the first couple of weeks and really never got back. So I didn't want to see that happen again this year. And, and I'm hoping for big things from Kenny. No doubt. Yeah, I, I can't Dan, – Daniel Jones has never had the uh, – advantage that Kenny Galladay is as a wide receiver in his life, let alone the NFL. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Hold on one sec. I just got this zoom messed up here. But um I don't even know how much time we got here. It it, it goes quick when uh when we talk Giants <laughs> football and there's And we try we try to do them quick so we can do them yeah. often. And that's, that's there's uh there's so much to talk about. I hope that I wanted to get some more information about, you know, your day to day with the Giants because I'm super interested in that. And really, how that goes? Because you, your your knowledge, Giants wise, is up there with the best. I mean, I got time if you guys want to keep rolling. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I don't as know. Long as Zoom lets us. As long as this Zoom lets us, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But yeah, that that was my question. Like, you're in there day to day. What what is that like? Well, I'm not a beat reporter, so I'm not like there day to day. You know, like I mm-hmm. I do all my most majority of my stuff from home. Um, and that's where it's like we're never trying to be like inside like. Do we get some inside info every once in a while? Yeah, but you never see us tweet out like, you know, the Giants are signing this per source, which we've right. never really gotten that type of stuff anyways. Right. Um, so it's more what we're trying to do is break down the game, analyze the game, and that's where our, our like, film videos come into big play. Um, and it's like in our podcast. Tampa. Yeah. I'll be, uh, actually, I wanted to tell you, we were trying to host some sort of event for that game. I got, we went to school there, so we have a big presence down there. We might try to do, like, this podcast live one day. That'd be sick. During that yeah, week. I'm just going, so it's not like we and Justin – like, Justin's not going, so I'll, let me know. I'll make sure to roll through whatever. Yeah, let's do it. I, I, I want to spread this podcast as big as possible. I mean, we, we got – we had Alex Wilson on a couple weeks ago. I mean, he's not – I don't know if you – do you know who Alex Wilson is? Yeah, I know who Alex Wilson is. Yeah, and 
what me and Jesse are trying to do is just like bring the whole Giants community together as, as best as possible. And uh, it's working out pretty well. I mean, this is, what is this, our third or fourth one? But we got some, we got some pretty good things. And we have third, I thought you'd been we doing got, it for a got, while. We this got Bobby year. Skinner. We got Come Bobby on. Skinner. We're big Come on now. <laughs> I know. You guys want me to just start where I was all, where Yeah, I, I apologize. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna, all good. We're going to mix everything up together. It'll look great. Don't worry. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, like I'm not, we're not beat reporters, you know, where we're there covering the team every day and, and, you know, watching the practices. We would love to watch the practices, but I never want to be a beat reporter. You know, like I, like I'm, I'm a fan of the giants, you know, I don't want to have to be, ever pretend that I'm not. Um, but I also, it's like our content, our stuff is based on watching film, you know, it's like where, you know, people like me cause I like the, I know the O-line, you know, not a lot of people like understand O-line play. Like it's, like it's just a lot of people don't, you know, so that's yeah. kind of where we've kind of set ourselves apart. And it's just basic, basically saying, knowing that every single opinion we have is based on film. Like that's where we try and, you know, pride ourselves on, but also having fun, you know, where there's some shows where it's like they, you know, they watch film and it's, it's like they just talk over you, you know, where it's like we, we never want to be like, we never want to do that, you know, like I, I don't want to, uh, you know, try and wow people with like, yeah, they ran a, you know, a Yankee route and, you know, the, the yeah. B gap defender just totally lost, uh, you know, contain, like, I never want to talk like that to where it's like, Oh, does it sound cool? Yeah. But it's like, people don't right. even know what I'm talking about. So, right. So what we, so my day to day basically is, you know, working from home for the most part and breaking down video, watching video and, you know, just paying attention and, and, uh, trying to learn new things about the game, you know, like, I don't know the, the intricacies about QB. So I watch videos on quarterback play and, you know, how to, you know, run this route concept and stuff like that. So that's basically what we are. And it's just, it's being, we want, we want to have the best opinions and takes rooted in, you know, in film, but also have the most fun doing it too. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, that's and, and, why you, you're, you're so respected in the Giants community. And Jesse and I are really the same way. I mean, we're huge fans, but we don't consider ourselves like the biggest Giant fans ever. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to go to almost every single stadium. Like, we watch the team forever, but we don't claim ourselves the most knowledgeable guys, you know, in right. the universe. Me and he, we, we don't sit down in front of the TV and, like, oh, they're running a cover three. You better watch that. Like, we don't do that. You know, we watch every I used to snap. do that for a little while, and then I was like, you know what? I'm probably annoying everyone around. Like, trying to, like, <laughs> and and I love that, though. Stuff out. It's great bringing someone on, you know, on the show that, you know, that really does understand that stuff. You know, we didn't play – uh, um, football in high school or, you know, I didn't play football in college if, you know, you haven't seen, but um, you know, we don't, we don't do that stuff. We just love the team. You know, we watch every snap, but we understand, you know, the basics and stuff, but you know, we don't break down film like that. And I love that you do. It's so cool. We, you know, we don't have many people on the show that do. So obviously, you know, we'd love to learn more about it going forward, but you know, we, we're just, you know, regular diehard fans and, we just want to see a good product. I don't care they run a cover three, a cover zero. I don't care what the hell they run. They could cover me with a blanket. All I want to do is just win football games, and I want Joe Judge to lead this team to the playoffs. I know, and I that I agree. You said do you want him to win games, and I want Joe Judge to be the one that does it too. Like I me like too. Joe Judge a lot, man. Yeah. Um, like I want. I, it's you'll you'll see that if we win this year, how happy. Giants fans can be and how together we can be. The problem is we've sucked for so long that we're always so everyone each hates each other. Yeah, yeah. No, watch bad. us win a few games and and the world better watch out because Giants fans will be at people's throats and I can't wait yeah. for it. We're like Knicks fans. It's the same thing. We really are. And you saw the Knicks. 
and not to uh, not to bring. Well, the that Knicks doesn't into make this. me sound, feel good because I hated <laughs> you guys during the. When you guys were leave, you guys wouldn't leave me as a Nets phone, a fan alone. So. <laughs> That's funny, but like it really, like the Knicks made the playoffs for the first time really in years, and they're we're screaming, you know, F Trey Young, and we're we're gonna we want the Nets. Oh, you were at we people's throats. I loved it. We we lost in five. Like I don't want to be like that. So let's like we try to temper expectations here, you know, in, yeah, in East Rutherford, and that we, we, it's up. tough. That brings up, you know, New York sports in a nutshell, really, because yeah. if things are going good, we're the best. But if things aren't going good, we're going to talk about how Matt Pert got beat in one half. <laughs> yeah. and one yeah. Yeah. We're talk So true, man. So and those true. are going to be the tweets. But, you know, after the year that we had last year and we weren't even able to go to the games, I mean, I was in yeah. school one week, I had the mask on. And if we could just get to a spot, you know, we, could, we don't need to go to the Super Bowl. If we're just week 13, 14, 15 playing competitive football, in the race for for the division. I mean, there's nothing more you could ask for. And I agree. And we were last year. As crazy as it sounds. Yeah, I want to look a little prettier this year. Yeah, me, though, too. So. me too. I, I want to see Barkley on the big runs. I want to see, you know, yes. the Tony come in and really be an impactful guy. And I want to see Golly put up those numbers that he's put up in Detroit. And I want to read yeah. the Jones. I do. I really want to. It's just some of the stuff he does is so questionable to me. Yeah. And you watch these other quarterbacks around the league, like Josh Allen. He struggled, but he, he loves his teammates. He's got the handshakes. You see him, at, you know, all around Buffalo. You, you don't really yeah. see that in Jones, and it just gives me, like, a little bit of, a, of an itch. But he's a quiet – but you know, though, he's more of an Eli guy. He's a quiet guy. He's not going to be too loud. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, do I want – The guys the, love him. Like, the, the, yeah, the guy – like, the skill – like, yeah, they, they are – they all – I mean, they've, they've basically followed him around, like you were mentioning before, followed him around this con- the country all offseason, like, yeah. getting working with him. So, they – and you see, they go out. You know, they got in trouble one time for going out, but like they go out, they spend a lot of time together. So they like him, and they, I think they like that. Like you know, he's. I think they would like him less because you know he's not like the raw, raw guy. If he try pretended to be, because then you're Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You know, like that's that's when you're when you're like that's how you become Kirk Cousins, where it's like people start tuning you out. So good point. Um, so I, I, but he's got to if he, he's got to play good, play good, and nothing else matters. He's. He's low-key and reserved and, and speaks up when needed, as I heard. But that's also so genuine. He's he's not – that's, like, just who the guy he is. He's a quiet. He's not very outspoken, just like Eli. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. he's not going to be the guy who's giving the pregame speech in the Super Bowl. You know, that's Justin Tucker, you know, some of the guys that we've had in the past. But we just hope that when it's time to play ball in the fourth quarter, he can make those clutch, cold-blooded plays like Eli used to do, my guy right, right. here. And then we'll love him forever. But <laughs> – not if he keeps playing like this. He's going to be yeah. out of town, unfortunately. But I don't and, want to see and, that. And I think that's where the objective, you know, fan comes in. Because it, it's great to say how much you love Daniel Jones and, you know, how much you love this team. And I know all three of us do. But, you know, let's be realistic. Like, he needs to play good football in order for the Giants to win. He plays football like he did last year. The Giants aren't going to win many games. The right. division's going to be a lot better. And I think you guys can understand that. Philly, I don't, who knows what Philly's going to be. Washington's defense is they got a, one of the best in the league, if not the best. And I think Dallas right now is the favorite because they got the best quarterback. So, I mean, we can't play, you know, and we got lucky last year with Prescott getting hurt and, and, and Philly, you know, playing terrible football all season, but I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And I think that's pretty obvious that all the teams in the division are starting to get better, maybe aside from Philadelphia, but at least Washington and Dallas look like they're going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good, you know, going forward. Right. What's your outlook on the rest of the division, Bob? 
So Washington's in this weird place where they added a bad quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's better than what they had last year. Um, but like, I mean, you know, you said their defense is really good. Dallas, Dallas worries me because they won six games last year without Dak Prescott, you know, and right. Dak Prescott is so much better than Andy Dalton. Um, and then the Giants, like we're getting better. I think the Giants, Washington, and Dallas all should expect to win the division. Like I think all three, like every single one of those teams should can make their case to win the division. And you can I make the case that. against each of them. Like Dallas, your defense could be horrendous again. Like they were yeah. scoring 30, like five points a game and they were one in four until before Dak got hurt. So it's like, right. And that was, do we expect Dak to be that good coming off the injury? I don't know. Washington's like your defense is great, but one, you haven't beat the Giants the last few years. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a good quarterback. He'll have good games, but he's not a good QB. And, and with the Giants, it's like you guys had the second worst offense last year. We assume right. it'll get better, but like, how much is it going to get you better to win the division? We don't see. And then Philly just sucks. So I'm not worried yeah. about Philly at all. And that's the objective. That's exactly the objectiveness that I'm talking about. Let me know Please if this sounds biased because you guys could chime in. Oh, boy. Here what, we go. Bobby, sit what, back. Uh, what the Giant, the Giants gap to get better opposed to last year, I would say that all we need to do is have Daniel Jones play like the person that we drafted him to be and the team will win the division. That's what I think. Or like 2019, just cut right. down on the Yeah, was- if Jason Garrett allows him to play like – like because a part of that is letting Jason – is Jason Garrett allowing him. Like right. you you look at the deep numbers from Daniel Jones in 2020. They were amazing. But guess what? Yeah. They didn't do it nearly enough. Yeah. So right. allow Daniel Jones to be that guy. Like I don't want to leave this year being like, oh, is Daniel Jones – like I want to know if he's not or if yeah. he is. You know, let they, him and be. The Giants do too. Let the him Giants be him. Do don't don't coach him scared. They coached him flat out scared of turnovers in 2020. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that to try and squeak out one more game or something or try and win with your defense. Let him right. be him. And if he's good, if he's the real deal, we'll see it. But if he's not, then it'll be time to move on. But I, I get that it's a lot different when coaches are uh, jobs are on the line. But. That yeah. that's that's me. Let it let him be. Let Daniel Jones be twenty nineteen him, and let him fix the stuff that he was bad at on his own. Like let him just be better on his own, not try and you know beat every turnover out of him. I think he will. I think he will. I think you know you watch a lot of these highlights, Giants highlights. You see you see a lot of first quarter plays, second quarter plays, third quarter plays, and then it, it just stops, and you don't really get to see those fourth quarter miraculous plays because the team that he's playing with isn't good enough to compete against the schedule that we've been dealt. So now you put these players around them with a coach that you know is going to have you in every game because he did it last year with the subpar roster. And this is when he has that signature game. You know, he hasn't had that signature game since Tampa two years ago that we all watched. I thought we had Aaron Rodgers. And, I really and did. Back on it, we, we, we should have lost that game. I wish we would have lost that game because then we would have ended up maybe with with no, I love that moment. I don't want to. I would never want to trade thing. that moment. The moment and we, there, that Washington game, crazy. he had five touchdowns, had a game winner versus Landon Collins. That so was he's cool. like, like cool. you know, he's like he's had moments, but um, twenty twenty he really didn't, you know. And, and the one time he did was Tampa, the the second Tampa game, which was, and I I point to that game as a reason why Jason Garrett should open it up because Daniel Jones played the worst game of his career in that game. We still scored way more points than we did versus most teams. Versus yeah, the, like 30, the Bucks, who had a Super Bowl defense. That was one of our – like, that might have been like our third best offensive outing of the year was that game against the Super Bowl defense. And that was the one game where they were letting Jones attack downfield. And remember, he missed like – besides the, the two bad interceptions, he missed – like he played his worst game of the year 
by far, and we still almost won that game. So that's my thing. Yeah. Is like, I mean, we can't, like, we can't live in fear of him having that game. Like that, yeah. he's not going to be that bad, you know, like consistently. Maybe he'll he'll show up here and there, but he's not going to be that bad consistently. Let him be the guy that throws the ball downfield. And I mean, obviously, NFL is a week to week deal, but just to show you, Daniel Jones is playing against the Super Bowl champions with Golden Tate as his number one receiver and Wayne Gallman as his running back and competing. So that's got to be a little bit of a positive sign. Like, okay, now you take Wayne Gallman off the field, you put Saquon Barkley back. You take Golden Tate, who was horrible last year, and now you're going to get a healthy Sterling Shepard alongside a KT and Galladay. And, 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 KT. That's, and that's where you're, that's where you start to salivate a little bit. And that's where I think yeah. it get exciting. Speaking of Saquon, though, did you guys see the Twitter thing? Bobby, I'm sure you did. You see them running the option a little bit? Did anyone see that? The under, not only the option from under center, they were running the option. They're gonna oh do some different God. things. That's this pretty year. cool. I've never seen yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah, you really don't. So they, they, they're, I, I don't, I don't have faith in Jason Garrett, but I do have faith that it'll be, he'll be at least a little better than last year. So yeah, you know, do you think oh, Judge? I, I think Judge is not gonna stand for what he, you know, what happened last year. I hope not. I don't what, so. You know what gave me hope? Because part of me was like, maybe this is actually more Joe Judge offense-wise than Jason Garrett. But when Jason Garrett got COVID and Freddie Kitchens, who's Judge's guy, came in, here's something. Here's some I, – I did stats earlier. Here we go. Stats. That was the Love most it. aggressive game plan called all year with Colt McCoy at quarterback. And yeah. we didn't have the ball a lot in that game. And I charted, like, the downfield concepts. That was the most aggressive game by far was that game. So that's what gives me hope that, you know what, that was a little more Garrett than it was Judge and Judge's implementing changes. Was, was that- and I think it's, ob- it's, it's obvious that, you know, that's, they need to, you know, open it up. Because I, 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 I think Judge understands last year they didn't have the weapons, but they have the weapons now. So if Judge sees the same shit, I don't think that, you know, he's going for that after a couple of weeks, in my opinion. I hope not. And also, speaking of Jason Garrett, he, as creative as he needs to be, he does need to protect Daniel Jones. I mean, if he's going to run around like that, he's not the biggest guy in the field. You got to keep these guys healthy. And you saw what happens. Jones made one wrong move last year against Cincinnati, and the season took a turn for the worst. So I want him running outside the pocket, not in the hole. No, he, on, on question. Both times he's gotten injured, even in 2019, we're both like, between yeah, the middle. tackles runs, yeah. like the Cincinnati one and the Green Bay one, which shows how tough that motherfucker is. Yeah. I mean, he just ran over Preston Smith in that for a, on a yeah. fourth down run and then played the rest of the game on the sprained ankle. But uh, I love that, but I, I don't necessarily need to see him running. I know, I know. It's, it's, it the, was it's like you, he was in the snow. He probably had all adrenaline hyped up. And, like, even that, that was such a fun season watching Daniel Jones progress because he was so good with yeah. working with nothing and now it's just like it's stressful it was so stressful watching because you knew yeah. his pocket awareness wasn't there he was getting clobbered dropping the ball every which way throwing the ball to yeah. the whole team two three times a quarter it it just sucks but for some reason we i, I think that he's gonna turn it around <laughs> they, they gotta just slow the game down for him and, and you know you know not let him make the mistakes that he's been making you know, put them in good situations, uh, you know, have the route concepts be more efficient. And, you know, at least now you have to get better route runners and Sterling Shepard's healthy. And Galladay doesn't even need to be open to be open. I mean, that's how he's made his, his money. You know, that's how he got this deal. Right. So, I mean, Kenny Galladay has got to step up for this team. He's been a great receiver when he's healthy the last, I guess, before last year, but the last two years before that. So as long as, you know, 
these guys can do what they've normally done. Sterling Shepard, you guys see him in camp, he looks amazing. It's the best Sterling Shepard's looked in his entire career, for sure. He looks fast, he looks strong, and, you know, like he needs to be healthy. What? Right. And he looks fresh. More importantly, he looks fresh. But, yeah, the new number looks great on him. Um, so as long as these guys are able to get open like they, they, they have been in their careers, I think Jones is going to have a lot more success. I mean, he's not throwing a, a Cody Latimer like he was two years ago. He's not throwing a Austin Mack like he was, you know, last year. So, I mean, you know, God willing. But, you know, well, if these guys are healthy, I think they're in a lot better, out of better shape. How do you guys uh, see that last receiver spot panning out? I know there's a lot of talent on there. Uh, yeah. I like what I see out of Sills. I know it's early, but you know, I follow everybody, every single Giant player I follow on Instagram. And it just tends to you be got the guys who hang around, the, the most influential guys in the team, Saquon Barkley and Sloan Shepard, are the guys that, that are going to be successful and be part of the team. I mean, you saw that with yeah. Odell when they used to ride with, you know, Otto Lewis. And Otto Lewis was the guy on the boat. He wasn't good, but that's how you build a team. Like, you saw <laughs> with the camaraderie. And I see that a little bit with Sills. Sills, yeah. Sills, you know, he was the number one guy following. Like, every picture you saw with Daniel Jones everywhere is like, there's David Sills. Yeah. Like, Darius Slayton, you know, Saquon Barkley and David Sills. Um, I want it to be Sills, but I think it's going to be C.J. Board. Special teams, agreed. And I hate but it. I want it to be David Sills so bad. But uh, I do. I, mean, I just think it's going to be C.J. Board. Is it possible, though, they keep six guys? Because you got Shep, you got Galladay. That would be Slayton. six, though. Because you got the you know the three starters, uh, Galladay, Slayton, Shepard, Kadarius, yeah. Tony, KT's and John, John Ross. I would say is not a lock, but I feel good. I'm pretty confident he'll be that fifth one. I would so, think Sills has a better chance than Ross, no? I think they Ross like Sills. has a, a million dollars of guaranteed money, and he's just so fat. Like, I, I, I'm pretty yeah. confident Ross is going to make the team. I'd be okay. surprised if he if, – the only way he does, I think, is if he's just flat-out injured, yeah. um, which – Which is possible. I mean, yeah. he's, he's had and some injuries. What about uh, Austin Mack? Right now, I don't think he's even practicing. I think he's injured, but he doesn't do anything well. Like, he's a good blocking. Like, right. when you talk about a wide receiver and you bring up his blocking in the first sentence, he's not good. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, John Ross, as you know, injured-prone as he is, the guy was still a top-ten pick, and he could fly. So That's why I think it makes sense to practice. I think it makes sense to have him on the team. Maybe he could be impactful. He, doesn't, he could catch four passes, but they could be for three touchdowns. And two yeah, if, and he's done that before. Which and is that's like, what he does, exactly. You look at one year, he had 21 catches, seven of them were touchdowns. Like, that's insane. Right. Like, he had more yeah. touchdowns that year on 21 catches than Sterling Shepard and Darius Layton had combined this past year. And, and he's just a straight burner. Like, that's all he's there for. The problem is with that, Bobby and Eric, and tell me what you guys think about this. In terms of, like, play style, like, him and Slayton are pretty similar. I think Slayton's a better route runner, even though I don't think he's a great route runner, in my opinion. But they are very similar in terms of, you know, they're, they can make big plays down the field. So I don't know if it makes sense to keep the both of them, if you think Stills has more upside, if he's healthier. But Ross yeah. has just that speed that no one else can even compete yeah. with. I you know, agree. like, Slayton's fast. But Ross has – I mean, he has the fastest 40 time of all time. I so know. it's like it's like Ross, and that's why he's just here, on a right? different level, and he's not brought in to be the first round wide receiver that he was in Cincinnati. He's brought in Correct. to play ten reps a game and essentially just run a straight line and either make them account for you, and if they don't, we're gonna have a touchdown as long as you yeah. don't drop the ball. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think this. I don't think it'd be a question of Sills versus Ross. I think Ross is obviously a, you're talking about a top ten pick versus an undrafted free agent, and it's not like Ross yeah. was drafted twelve years ago. It was only what? I don't even know. It's got to be f- five, five years, four years. Yeah. So I mean, having a guy like John Ross, if healthy, could be used every single week just for the fact that he could just fly. And as we spoke I, about, Daniel Jones has been very successful throwing the ball downfield. So. And they listed him as the kick returner one on their first depth chart. So. Is that true? I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. He didn't play in the preseason game, but like when they 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 put out their first unofficial depth chart, and John Ross was kick returner number one. Oh. I guess I guess with that speed it makes sense, right? Like I had a guy Which is had... crazy. Here I, I'm stat king right now. <laughs> How many special team reps do you think John Ross has played in the NFL? Like that doesn't just Zero. mean kick return or punt return. Zero. How did this yeah. Bengals never just be like, well, all right, let's try him out? And here. I didn't see that. I didn't see that stat. It was just, uh, yeah, punt return. He's never played once. Not a punt? single rep. He hasn't been on a kickoff team, a punt team, Crazy. nothing. Not one time. Well, that, that's how we'll make the team here, right? It's got to play specials. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as punt returning goes, I know that it's a, it's a dangerous position to be in. But I love when Jabril Peppers goes back there and returns the punt because it brings an element to the game that you don't have – you know, he could score – Anytime he touches the ball, he's reliable. He's not going to drop the ball. He's been catching. I got something on this. I want to see Tony to be the punt returner, though. Exactly. Listen, guys, I'm sorry. Odell Beckham should have been returning punts for years for the Giants. I don't care about the injury. I don't care about that. Antonio Brown returned punts. Tariq Hill returns punts. Odell Beckham returned. First of all, he played about eight. eight, He probably caught eight punts. He had two touchdowns, both called back for a penalties and stuff but why are we not uh, first round pick you're going to well, especially him? with him not going to like expect it to be on the f- offense a ton right it's not like he was brought in to be like all right you're going to play 80 percent of the offense of course give him the ball as many times as you can pun return he should be out there i think that's like that goes without saying right i know he did he's been taking some punt returns in practice which is i mean i think like it doesn't yeah. make sense for chef to be back there chef's not a right. burner He's not a – I mean, he's not a joystick. He, you know, he makes guys miss, but he's not an Odell, Tony type of guy. But why, the fact – I always used to scream for Odell to take back punts because the Giants' offense was always normally pretty bad, and it's just another opportunity to get a playmaker in the football. If Kadarius Tony is a first-round pick, just like Odell was your first-round pick, you need to, you know, get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And obviously putting him back in space, just like he was at, in Florida, whenever he was in space, and I scored. Like, why wouldn't you do that? It makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Another guy that I wanted to bring up, and I sent out a tweet about him, and I've been watching him all camp. I watch him at the Fan Fest. He looks really good, at least, and I wanted your opinion, is Cam Brown. Um, He looks like he's in the most – he's in the best shape in the entire team. He's ripped out of his mind. He's very – looks big. I know he's fast, and he's been making a name for himself on special teams as a gunner, but – why can't he be part of that committee as, as part of the outside linebacker? You tweeted Cam Brown, Cam Brown, Cam yeah, Brown. I, I want to see this guy. He's got to do it, though, because he has all, like he's like you said, he looked like a chiseled freak. Yeah. But yeah. he's got to he's got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and there's, it's a not a very good room, but it's like a very, like, crowded room. Like, Aziz is going to be ahead of him. Carter's going to be ahead of him. I think Zimenez will be. Hell, they probably yeah. have Nico Lelos ahead of him right now. Like, Afedi yeah. Odenabo, like, that's the thing with Cam Brown. Like, he's, you know, he's super athletic, but it's like he's he's got to put it together into being good at rushing the passer, which he, he wasn't I, really at Penn State. I no, I get that. But, like, 
to me, a guy like Carter Coughlin, he had a good game last year. Do you really see him being an impact guy, seventh round pick? Maybe on the inside, not as an not as a pass rusher on the edge. Yeah. But he but he's better but he's better than Cam Brown. Like like Carter right has now. real pass rush moves. Cam Brown at at least last year, he just had no moves. He was just like just big, tall, and athletic. You, you know, that. yeah. that's what I'm hoping on. And that's yeah, yeah, on. that's my point though. He's got to do it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I want to see him do it before I put expectations on him. And are, are we sick? Are we all sick in the head though? We're talking about seventh round draft picks. We're sickos, right? We've talked about like four two- seventh round draft picks yeah. on a Monday night though. Talking Giants football, talking about seventh round draft picks. There's no place I'd rather be. Come on. Um, I know. You, I don't know why you had to bring that up because now I'm thinking, you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? There's something I, wrong with I, I love it. No, it's all right. I think, like I said, though, like how I started off the podcast these next three weeks, if you could find one guy to fill one hole in the preseason, you, you've done your job. And that goes back to, you know, Jesse's point. That's why we sat Daniel Jones. That's why we sit all these guys because you know what you've got. You know, for the most part, who the 2021 20, starters are going to be. And you're trying to find that next guy to fill in, you know whether it's the slot corner role or whether it's going to be that depth guard that's going to play behind Lemieux or Hernandez or that yeah. sixth receiver. That's what the preseason's for. I agree. Right. And sorry about the ambulance here in the city. Don't worry. I get it all the time here. <laughs> so I think I got it at the start of this show, so don't worry about it. Where, where are you at, Bobby? You're, you're local or no? Brevard right. County, Florida, my man. Oh, wow. You're a Florida guy. I didn't know that. That's why we're going to do the Tampa game. That's what we're going to do big. Got it. Got Born it. in Jersey, moved down here when I was like two, three years old, and, and I've been up good, down here ever since. Good, good decision, though. It's a good spot. Oh, I, I love it down here. People make fun of Florida. I, I love it. Uh, I got the beach yeah. right there. Everyone's relaxed and, and chilling. Um, crazy people, but I like crazy people. So <laughs> I, fit in, I fit in well. Where do you uh, – I mean, We're talking about seventh rounders. We're crazy, too. <laughs> <laughs> you you got a setup at home. You got the direct TV because I used it used to be a pain in the ass for me to watch games when I was in college in Tampa. Yeah, I used to never do it, but now that I'm doing this, I uh, I have direct TV at my office um, because you have to. Like, that's the only way to watch the Giants games down here. So yes, I I I I subscribe to the worst uh, company in the entire world with that is direct TV. Horrible. Oh They're my the, God. I've He's... never met, and I don't complain about customer service or anything. And it's every time I'm on the phone with them, it's over an hour. Like I had you know Spectrum cable, bam, no no issue. Something's broken. We'll get it fixed tomorrow. And if you want to yeah. come, if you want to come and trade it in today, we'll do that. Customer service you, uh, off the phone in less than ten minutes. Yeah. Directv will not only will Directv like like give you a hard time. They've you know how many times they've told me like okay we fixed the problem they just don't fix it and they just flat out lie to you they just get you off the phone. Directv I could go on a, like a two hour rant about how much I hate <laughs> Directv and if they ever go out of business I will I will throw a party at my house. You guys are invited if Directv goes out of business. <laughs> They're, they're like, I'm gonna uh, go to like, their CEO's funeral and <laughs> and take pictures, you know, next to the grave, like with a big smile on my face. They're like, uh, they're like we should be able to have it fixed by week ten. I said week ten. It's week. It's preseason. What do you mean week ten? Get the hell down here and figure it out. Oh, they go didn't even the show roof. up the first day when I moved. They just, <laughs> they, they suck. Uh, I, I could go on for, <laughs> for about Direct TV, but Smart. they they're only they have a monopoly on NFL Sunday monopoly. ticket. So that's exactly. what it is. Yeah, episode three featuring Bobby Skinner and. Direct TV. Yeah, talking Direct TV. I got another question. Who do you hate more, Direct TV or the Cowboys? I'll say Direct TV. At least like the Cowboys, <laughs> I can make fun of. You know, sometimes yeah, the Cowboys true. bring joy to my life. You know, beating right. them or them doing stupid stuff. 
Um, so I, I'll say DirecTV because DirecTV actually makes my life harder where the Cowboys really haven't. It's been the Giants that, that, that make my life harder. Very true. I got it. I mean, all we want to do is just watch football on Sundays. That's it. Is it too hard? Is that too hard to ask? You know? Yeah. Watch winning, winning football at that though. Winning, winning football. It's going to happen this year. So we're going to, we're going to get our wish. I, I feel it. Good. So what's the next, what's the next step for, for talking Giants and your, and your media vision? Well, this year we're going to be doing some NFL stuff. So not ma- not necessarily a podcast this year, but we're going to be doing like, you know, I, people like my O-line videos. I'm going to do some videos on O-linemen around the league. You know, I, I did a little bit of that last year, like with Makai Becton and Jedrick Wills. But doing stuff like that and seeing seeing how that grows. And then with the Giants, it's just continue to do what we do and do it better and faster and and uh, hopefully see it continue to grow. Do more live events. Yeah. Like I think we're going to do something later at the end yeah. of the year where – for an away game, I'm going to come up there and we're going to do like a watch-along party at a, at a bar or something. Um, Hit us up. Hit us up for all live events, for sure. stuff like that. No we doubt. Do. And thanks, for Eric. Thanks for coming out to that, like, that fan festing. I was worried, like, are people going to show up? But people showed up. They had a good time. I and went, showed up just as you guys are running the lap, and I'm pissed. I would have done it. Oh, man. And did you, did you get to go. see us do the show there? I, I missed the show. I missed it. Oh, man. I mean, I showed up right as Joe started – pretending that he was Justin Tuck in the Super Bowl. Oh, he's great. He's he is the perfect person for all that stuff. Yeah, like I couldn't really do is. that. Like but he is perfect for all that. I've been I've been As I told him I was like lead the way. I was like yeah, like I was like lead the way, do the speech, everything like that's that's your element. He's perfect in that role. I've been uh I've been boys with Joe I for like 13 years. I met him my dad took me out. And your dad's been boys with him for yeah, 20. Yeah, he took me to a Tampa game, ironically, in 2007, the playoff game, the first one that we won okay. on, on the road to the Super Bowl. And this guy was just in the front row with the Scott Norwood jersey. And then I was like, all right, that's cool. Then I saw him on a, on a plane to Cleveland that same that following season. I was like, Dad, I think that's the license plate guy as he was looking for a cab. My dad's like, all right, let's go. He came in the cab with us. We dropped him off at the hotel. And now they're saying, Jesse and I sit in his seats in 149, row one. That's the name of the podcast. So okay. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately. The problem is, they were a little expensive this year. So expensive be, uh, we may be row four sports. <laughs> I've always been the cheap seats guy. And then I was the last Giants, you know, because they didn't play last year, was that Dolphins game, um, Eli's last game. Last game. And John Boy, who, you know, I work with, his family has season tickets. And so we use theirs to be down towards the bottom. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is a lot nicer. But uh, yeah. whenever it comes to put in that StubHub code, I'm, I'm usually right at the top. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see where we end up this year. But um, for the Tampa game, I'd like to get, you know, a similar type of tailgate lot with tickets that we could all sit at and make that a, an awesome event. That'd be sick. That would be really cool. We should all get tickets together. That'd be awesome do it all right man what else uh, i think that was a hour and 40 minutes of straight g-men yeah one last question what's the record gonna be i've been asking everybody i got mine it's hard for me not to say 17 and no because i'm that's i'm a winner so it's hard for me to not to ever pick a loss but i'll say 10 and 7 10 and 7 is is the is the realistic is the optimistic but realistic goal so 10 and 7 i'm gonna write that down I got. What do you guys have? Uh, e, you can go. Go for it. Twenty and out. 
Well, you know, I like it. I like it. It's so hard for me to ever pick them to lose. So if you ask me, like, are they going to win this game this Sunday? I'll always say yes. Yeah. But I, I'll be honest when I talk about, like, just give me a record. But, yeah, like, every I, game, we're going to win think, every game. I, I think nine and eight is – I think that's a successful season for them. I think it probably makes the playoffs. You got They got to make the playoffs this year. It's time. They do. So, I, I'm going to go with nine and eight and – you know, it's going to be interesting to, to see how they come out. They just got to start hot, man. Like, this, the, the schedule early on is pretty light, but it gets much heavier, to, you know, toward the end and, and toward the middle. They just need to start hot. Start out 2-1 and one, freaking one time in my entire life, 25 years. So let me be 2-1. and one. I, I know, you know, we've been 2-1 and one before, but at some point, can we just start out hot instead of starting out 0-3 and, and having to yes, climb out you. of the grave? Instead of having to climb out of the grave with the, with the freaking direct TV guy? Just let us start two and one. Let us let us win a couple games early. We should start three and zero, oh, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. And, and you know, build some momentum going into the middle part of the season instead of having to claw your way back into the division for one time. Starting at one and zero oh changes the season. So yes, I agree. You have Absolutely. to win the first game. And, and it's Denver. They they got some talent, team. but we have to beat Denver. Have to. Not to beat Denver. You're gonna have the night. It's gonna be a special game in New York with the anniversary. First time with the fans uh, to, to go out and lose that game. Not saying it's going to be panic alert, but well, you don't want to. You don't, you're going to be like, all right, here we go again, 0-1, right. you know, going into Washington. Uh, but, no, I, I think for me, conservatively, I think it's it, you got to win the division games. you got to be on the positive side of the division. I think you split Dallas. I think you sweep, you sweep, you sweep Philadelphia and sweep Washington uh, – and split Washington. So – with that, I'm going to also say 10 and 7. I'm going to turn your mouth to God's ears. I love it. That's because the, the, the division games are usually the toughest ones. But if you're going to get That's two fine. games against Philly with question marks at quarterback and a not talented roster, those games got to be wins. Yeah. And if you're going to compete with Dallas, you got to beat them at home, no matter who, who they have, who their quarterback is. You know, they have the 30 – like I was saying before, they have a 32nd ranked defense last year and a quarterback that's coming off – a reconstructed ankle surgery. That margin of, you know, getting to that next step is a lot wider than what we have to do. We have a healthy quarterback. We have a good defense. We have a good coach. You know, those are all major question marks that Dallas is dealing with. I get it. Their quarterback could go out and be the comeback player of the year MVP and they have talent everywhere, which most likely will happen, but maybe it won't. This will happen. Sure. That's true. But uh, listen, Bobby, we, you know, we appreciate you coming on. And I'm sorry we took up a lot of your time tonight. Oh, you're good, man. It was fun. It, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And, you know, I hope we can do this again. And if you ever need a spot, I'm talking Giants. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure something to... out. I like it. <laughs> we'll yeah. figure, maybe we could do a little collab or something. That would be really cool, all of us. That'd be, that, you know, that'd be awesome. Something we could talk about. No doubt. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bobby. Bye, Bobby. Time, man. This will all be out tomorrow. And you'll get all the copies and everything. All right. Cool. See you. Good Giants. Peace, brother. Thanks, man.